Let's turn our Bibles this morning to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26, and we're going to read verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I want to preach a message this morning with the words from Isaiah 26, verse 3, perfect peace. Let's pray. Father God, we've come into your presence, and here we stand, Lord. Here we are, Lord, presenting ourselves unto you, asking that your spirit fill us, fill us with faith, fill us with your love, fill us, Lord, and make us witnesses of your son Jesus to all around us. Lord, do the work in us that needs to be done, and through us, Lord, let, let us lead others into your kingdom. Let us lead them to the hope that they really need the life they always desired, even if they didn't know it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that today in this word, that you'll draw us ever closer to you. And I ask it for your glory and to your praise. In the name of your son, Jesus, we ask it. Amen. In this passage of scripture, we can actually see what prayer is, uh, a type of prayer that we can pray. I always like to teach on prayer and add another layer to prayer, as we say, um, to your understanding, because um, I want this to become a lifestyle for you. I want you to have the lifestyle of living in perfect peace. And you, you may say, well, I find that hard to, to believe that that's even possible, that I can walk in perfect peace. What actually tells you here, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you, you walk in perfect peace. So that kind of tells us when we're not walking in perfect peace, our eyes aren't on the Lord. And what do, what do I mean by our eyes? Well, one aspect of prayer that I teach, one of the, the, the initial aspects of prayer that I teach is how do we pray? Well, it always starts with acknowledgments. Uh, the acknowledgments of the word of God. And you'll see that throughout this entire scripture that, that we're going to read to you today. Acknowledgments, uh, first of all, Jesus said, um, I'm there with you all the time. He said this, I will never leave you or forsake you. Well, it's easy to hear it. But is it, is it easy to believe it? I'll tell you when it's easy to believe it. When you just got a blessing, you, you got that car, you need it, or you got that job, you need it. Or you're feeling better, you were sick, and now you feel good. Oh, my goodness, when you're on the mountain, it's, it's easy to praise God. You feel peace then. God just answered your prayer. You got peace, and... The next thing that happens, and I'll give you by my experience, if I preach to you the word of God this morning, I give to you what the Lord wants you to have. I give to you what he gave me to give to you. I know what's going to happen right after. I'll walk out that door and immediately be attacked by Satan. Always happens. Always will. 
Well, I'd never expected that when I first started preaching. And I always wondered what was going on. If you do something that Satan likes, he's just going to promote your life. You do something he doesn't like, he's going to attack you. Okay? So a lot of times we go by, God answered this prayer, so he's pleased with me. God answered this prayer, oh my goodness, I'm happy now. I'm on, I, now I can worship his name. Now I can say, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you glory and honor, Jesus. Look what you have done. I just praise you, Lord. And the next thing you know, you, you find yourself going from that mountain down into that valley, the valley of the shadow of death. All of a sudden, things aren't going right. And our spirit changes. We can't worship. We can't thank God for things. And there's a reason for it. The Lord allows the valleys so we can learn how to be on the mountains. He, learn, he, he teaches us through our valley experiences. When things are going wrong, when things are going bad, when we get sick. Do you know what? God even loves you so much, he, he lets you get sick. And you, you go, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Elijah. He died from an illness. Elijah, the great prophet, performed 14 miracles in his lifetime. Elijah. He's the one that directed Israel. He's the one that protected Israel. Through Elijah, God worked. And he died of a disease. But that wasn't the end of Elijah. There was a battle not long after his death. They had thrown him in a grave. And a man from that, that battle died, and they threw that man in the same grave with Elijah. Soon as that man's dead body touched Elijah's, Elijah's dead body, he got up and walked out of the grave. God wasn't finished with Elijah, and God's working with Elijah right now because Elijah will be ruling in his kingdom to come. This is a lot about the kingdom to come that I'm going to read to you today. But you see, on this side of the grave and on this side of, the hev of heaven, we need to learn to stay in perfect harmony with God. Perfect harmony at all times. You want peace? I'll tell you what you need. You need peace. But you want that peace? You can only get it from the one that has it. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. He has peace. So when you have Jesus, you have peace. So when I don't have peace in my life, I allow troubles to stir me up to anger or, or to doubt and unbelief. When I fear what I'm facing, then I'm facing it without Jesus. He says here, and it's very, very clear. He says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. What do you mean stayed? It gets there and it stays there. My mind is on Jesus and it's staying on Jesus. It's not on Jesus when I'm on the mountain. In other words, I should be worshiping him with the same gusto, with the same heart, with the same pathos as I did when he just blessed me and healed me 
as when I'm sitting in mire and muck. I should be able to praise him just the same. Just think about that. You get sick, and the very first thing you should really be doing when you get sick is, thank you, Jesus. I know I'm sick. I'm not denying I'm sick. I'm asking you to heal me. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start praising you. Praising him for what? He allowed you to get sick. You do know that God either causes or allows everything to happen. He causes it or allows it to happen. Look throughout the entire Bible. You'll see that'll hold true from Genesis to Revelation, the beginning to the end. He causes or allows things. And he doesn't want you to be sick, but sometimes that serves a good purpose. What is it? To get your attention back on him. Okay? Get you to run back to him. Does he want you to be sick? No, he doesn't want you to be sick. But he also doesn't want you to wander away from him because he's your protection. He's your healing. He's your savior. He's your deliverer. The enemies will get you out there if you're not under his protection. He provides for his people. All the time, every time, every situation, even if it doesn't look that way, Jesus is in it. If he's in every situation of life, then I should trust him with every situation of life. When it's bad, thank you, Jesus. When I'm sick, you're my healer. When I'm lost, you're my savior. When I'm beaten down by the enemy, you're my deliverer. And we should praise him for being a deliverer even when we're being beaten down by our enemies. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's the only one that can turn the tables. I love, I think Brother Swagger said this one time. He says, he says, he's the only one who can unscrambled scrambled eggs. It's true. Think about it. He is what you need, who you need, not just what he can do. And sometimes we get that mixed up. Sometimes we get so much less from God that we can have because we keep running to him for what he can do when we really should be running to him for who he is. Listen, if I'm believing he's my savior, he will save me. If I believe he's my healer, he will heal me. So how's this play into prayer? Well, prayer is fashioned the same way. Same way. What do I mean? Well, when you go into prayer, the first thing you should be doing is worshiping God. I know you have a problem you need to present to him. I, I know you have a, an issue that needs to be dealt with. I know that. Or you need a blessing. You need something from God. Your life is miserable for whatever reason. But when you run to him, the first thing you should do is to start worshiping him. Especially worship him for who he is in regards to what you need changed. You need healing, he's my healer. It's that simple, right? Watch, watch how this is. I, I, I'll talk about prayer in a minute. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Guess, guess what? This song 
that will be sung will not be sung until after the second coming of Jesus Christ. Why is it in the book? Because you sing it and believe it so it can happen. We, we shout God's glory. We shout God's praise because of his promises. He promised me healing. If he promised you healing and he promises everybody healing. Matter of fact, that's one reason he went to the cross of Calvary. To pay the price for sin that kept us from healing. Amen. And it says, by his stripes we are healed. In other words, that's the way, but you've got to believe it. Jesus would say to many people, some he didn't have to say it to, the lady that touched the hem of his garment and was healed of an issue of blood. She had faith before she touched him. Sometimes people come to Jesus and he he says, well, let it be done according to your faith, because he knows they came without faith. And he tells them, don't doubt, and I'll do it. So we've got to get to a place where we actually believe what the Word of God says. And the first thing I do when I go to prayer is acknowledge that he's here. He's been here the whole time. It says sometimes he manifests himself in certain ways. He manifests himself in, himself in other ways, other times. Or sometimes you don't know that he's here by a manifestation. In other words, something that you can feel, sense, or hear, or see. But you know he's here by his word. He's here. Guess what? When you go home, he'll be there. Guess what? When you're in your car, he'll be there. When you're at work, he'll be there. But that also means when you're on the mountains, he's there. And when he's, you're in the valley, he's there with you too. I will never leave or forsake you. And that means in your troubles, he's there. So now, when you face troubled times, when you suffer needs, guess what? You just simply believe he's with you. That's it. And now you don't have to walk alone. You got somebody to walk with. Now you don't have to worry because the person that's with you is the person that's going to take care of your problems. Listen to, to some of this. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. And what's it mean to keep your mind on him? Because he trusts in, in thee. In other words... Because you trust in me. When you trust in me, you will experience perfect peace. No, not peace. Perfect peace. Okay? Did you know the whole world is seeking for that? The family that says, hey, let's go to the beach. Let's take a vacation. You know what they're seeking for? Perfect peace. Are they going to get it? No, that's temporary peace. It's temporary versus the eternal peace that God provides you as you keep your eyes on him. What, what's it mean, keep your eyes on him? Keep your, keep your thoughts on him. Keep trusting in him the whole time. I want you to get your eyes on Jesus, and I want you to keep your eyes on Jesus. What you need is Jesus, pure and simple. What the whole world needs is Jesus, they just don't know it. But those who come to know him, it's like prayer is one of those things you, you're saying, well, 
it's hard. I mean, I know what the Bible says, that they stayed in prayer all night. I know our, our founding fathers, they stayed in prayer all night. I know the early church that stayed in prayer all night. I, I know they stayed in the Word just like you preach. You're supposed to abide in the Word. It's supposed to continue with you all day long. You're to meditate day and night on it. I know that. But you're saying, I, I, that don't work for me. It's not working for you because you're doing it by yourself. When you do it with Jesus, it works every time. In fact, take whatever kind of faith you think you have and examine it by the results. Take it to its end and tell me if that's the kind of faith Jesus had. Is that the kind of faith David had? Is that the kind of faith uh, Abraham had? My goodness, is that the type of faith Noah had? Is he, if he didn't, where would the world be today? All of these people had the kind of faith that God said something, they just believed what he said and left it at that. That's it. And that's what this is. It says, trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So when you trust him, you get strength. I had someone come to me earlier this week and this person said, there's something going on. I mean, I'm like being driven to do this, driven to do that. That's the Holy Spirit, this strength from the Lord. Driven to stay in prayer all night. He doesn't just tell you, you need to be all night with me. He, he actually will give you the ability to be there with him all night. It's like when Moses went on the mountaintop. It says that he did not eat or drink anything. You know as well as I physically that if you go more than three days without water, you're probably going to die. So the Lord made it possible for Moses to Stay in his presence for these 40 days and these 40 nights. Jesus out in the wilderness. Out in the wilderness where there was no water or food. But God, his father, sustained him there. And guess what? When you're in a dry and thirsty land, God, your father, is going to, not might, not maybe, but is going to sustain you. Trust in him at all times. Trust him on the mountain, but trust him in the valley too. He just keeps on, and I'll show you how this relates to prayer. It says, for he bringeth down them that dwell on high. The lofty city, he layeth it low. He layeth it low, even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. What's that mean? God changes things. God changes things. It says that he can make the rich poor and the poor rich. That means he can do anything you want. If you're sick, he can make you healed. If you're lost, he can make you saved. If you're unholy, he can sanctify you. If you don't know what to do, he can lead the way. He changes things. 
Jesus is in the business of changing things. And he changed everything on the cross of Calvary. There he defeated your greatest foe, sin and Satan. There he gained the victory that you needed. There he gave you life and life eternal. Why settle for that life instead of the life that he gives you? There is no life greater than being in prayer all the time. There's no life greater than meditating in his word day and night. There's no life greater than the life Jesus is trying to give you. Yield and let him come in and live. He says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. That means live in him and let him live in you. He's ready to come in today, folks. Listen, why he changes things. The foot shall tread it down, even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. Who is going to tread down the rich? The needy, the poor. What? So, consider this. Your enemy's much stronger than you are. But guess what? They're so much stronger than you, there's no way you can gain a victory. But you plus Jesus is stronger than anything. You know what? A lot of people say the greatest power on this earth is nuclear power. Those nuclear weapons can take you in to a nuclear war and a nuclear winter, it's called. If all the nuclear bombs were launched today, it would take this world into a nuclear winter, which means that... it. The explosions and, and the particles and everything would block the sun, and this would be another ice age. Everything would freeze in place. And it wouldn't take very long for that to happen. Within 30 days, nothing would survive it. That's powerful. But guess what? Jesus already brought this world out of an ice age. And he didn't do it by rubbing his hands and warming it up. He does what he always does just by speaking it into existence. So when you need healing, he sits on his throne and he looks at his father. He says, Father, that's what I went down there for. That's why I suffered. By my stripes, they're healed. That's why I suffered. Now, Father, heal them. And the Spirit comes upon you. And all he does is say it, and it's done. You're healed. It's done. He just says it. It's done. Guess how this world was created? He said, world be, and it's done. That's how simple it is for God. I'm trying to tell you, he's a God that has infinite power and can do anything. And I preached it just recently. He's the God of the impossible. So if you find yourself in some impossible situation, guess what? If you're with Jesus, it's no longer impossible. Amen? That's the Jesus I know. That's the Jesus I love. How are we gonna, We're, we're going to put this in, in prayer format here in a minute. Verse 7, the way of the just is uprightness. Thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. In other words, God, he's the most upright. He judges us according to how we believe in him or don't. Yea, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, have we waited for you. The desire of our soul 
is to your name and to the remembrance of you. With my soul have I desired you in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Listen to me. This, this happened to me last night. With my soul have I desired you in the night. And it says, with my spirit within me will I seek you early. So I went to bed extremely late. And I got up extremely early. And I got more energy today than I've had in a long time. That's another thing that happens after you preach or teach if it's from God and there's an anointing on it. My afternoon's good for nothing but relaxing and resting because I get extremely exhausted, right? But not while I'm doing what needs to be done. God will give you strength when you need it. God will bless you when you need it. Jesus is the reason that God blesses you. Jesus is the reason that you can be healed. He's the reason you'll spend eternity in heaven. Jesus is the reason. Trust him. Just trust him. How do I trust him? He says it, believe it. Amen. And now I'm going to teach you something. He says it, pray it and believe it. Huh? So spending prayer all night is easy. You sometimes will run out of things that you can think of to, to say about the problems that you have. You just unload those burdens. We did it early. I wanted those burdens unloaded before we got into the Word. You just unload them and then let God start filling you. Take out all the unnecessary stuff for the necessary stuff. Get rid of that old life of yours. He'll put a new one in it. All right? So you can only pray, I have this problem or that problem so long. We got long prayer lists. And on those long prayer lists, um, you can only pray that so long. Can't pray it all night, can you? No. So what else can you do? You can do a lot of things. But i like you to understand this part of prayer. It'll sustain you all night. It's back to that acknowledgement thing. Acknowledgements. Acknowledge Jesus as your Savior, that he's there, that he's working in your life right now. Guess what? You're sitting right there. Guess what he's doing right now? He's working in your life. He's working through the word he wants you to believe. If you believe the word that he gives, then you'll receive what the word promises. Okay? If you believe what he says, you'll receive what he promises. So, you can spend a lot of your time at night just reviewing the promises of God. I'll give you an example of that. So, I know, I remember Frances Swaggart said this one time, her, her son Donnie, as he was growing up, I think it was really bad allergies or something that he had. They were really horrible. And finally she says, that's it, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. Takes him to, to his bedroom, opens the Bible, and starts finding every place in there Jesus healed somebody. 
and thanking God for it. Thank you for healing that person. Thank you for healing that person. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I praise you, Lord. You're the healer, Lord. You're the healer. Thank you for healing that person and that one. You raised that one from the dead. You, you delivered that one from its enemies. Look what you did. Now my son needs it. By that time, her faith was in a fury. It was red hot. It was ready to receive what God had promised. God had done it before, and this is the promise you can hang on to. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he did yesterday, he'll do today. What he does today, he'll do tomorrow. So if you need what God's already shown that he can do, go to him and believe the promise. That's how easy it is. And religion just makes this thing so complicated. Well, you got to do this. You, gotta, you don't got to do nothing. Jesus did it all. He just wants you to ask for it and believe it. That's all he wants. If he said it or he did it, ask for it and get it. That's all he wants. He can go on these promises. You can read the rest yourself. I'll read some of it. Yea, it says, with my soul have I desired thee in the night. And then the next verse says, let favor be showed to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In other words, you treat wicked people righteous, they don't learn anything from it. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly. He'll keep on doing what he does. And will not behold the majesty of the Lord, which we should be trying to do. Look at, at, at verse 12. It says, Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for you also have wrought all our works in us. In other words, what you need done in your life, he will do it in your life. He will do it in your life. He says it right here. I'm going to do it. You need peace. I'll give it to you. I can just remember this when my, my dad passed away. I love my dad. My dad just loved me to death. My, my dad, just a big bear of a, a man. Six foot 260, his hands were like bear claws. He was the toughest person I've ever known in my life. He was, he was so strong, he's such a powerful man. You looked at him, and all you would think is, you better respect that man. He's a big man. My dad, though, couldn't beat death at 55 years old, died of a sudden heart attack. And it, was, it crushed me. I had not spent enough time with my dad, and you'll feel that way. Believe me, folks, spend the time with the people you love now. One of us is going to go soon. We don't know which one. Even if it's later, it's too soon. Treat people right while you can. Love them while you can. Love them while they're here. When my dad dies at 55 years old, I'm crushed. Just absolutely crushed. My life is destroyed. That's the way I saw it. Three days, I cried. Didn't eat nothing for three days. Couldn't do anything. Didn't go to work. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't eat nothing. Just cried the whole time. It was sudden, he was only 55, which to me was such a tragedy in my life. I, I could not handle the pain. 
And I can remember traveling up to Ohio. He lived in that area around Dayton, Ohio. I traveled up there, and um, we went to the funeral home, and then I saw my dad's lifeless body there, and it just made it worse. I couldn't take it. I walked outside, and there was a, a large pond outside, and I started walking around it. I started telling the Lord, I can't do this. I said, you've taken from me the most precious thing that I've ever had. And I'm only 35. I won't have those years and years with my dad to prove him right for trusting in me. I won't have that time now. I spent a lot of that time in the military. And so those years are gone. They'll never be replaced in this life. And I walked around this pond, pouring my heart out to the Lord and telling him how much I hurt. And he, like only he can do, just took that peace that he has, and he just touched me. It was gone. The pain was gone. Completely gone. In a second, in a moment of time, bam, gone. I was just totally a different person. Do I miss my dad? I miss my dad horribly. But my dad was saved. So next time I see him, we won't be going on road trips across the country. We're going to be taking walks on streets of gold. And it was later I asked the Lord, you know, I miss my dad, but there's no pain like that pain when I, I lost him anymore. I missed him. miss him now. I actually celebrate his birthday every year. There, that, that pain being gone and that desire being there to see him again, the hope that I have is that Jesus can make this happen. He can bring us together again. Any of your loved ones that are lost, you better get on your knees until they're saved. If you have anybody in your family that's not going to make it, if you're heading to glory yourself, make sure they head to glory before you leave this world or before they do. Listen, folks. He just dropped that peace in me. I had peace from that time till now, and that was many, many years ago. That was 28 years ago. And then when my mom passed away, her final prayer was receiving Jesus into her heart and entering into the kingdom of God to wait for me and my brothers and sisters to get there. My mom and my dad, they were, they were a funny couple. They would always argue. No doubt in heaven right now, they're having it out. But it's okay. Up there where the lamb is the light and your every day is a delight, 
Oh, my goodness, I'm telling you right now, you can have that delightful life right now, right here, and from here on. He just wants to come in. He wants to stay there. It's not up to him, though. He wishes to be with you manifestly all the time. He wishes to give you peace all the time, especially when you're in your valleys. Let's go to him. Get a hold of the Lord by faith. Say, I'm going to believe everything you, you, you say. And that's how you pray all night. You start praying, oh, Lord God. You, with your power, created all that is. And you alone are the only one that's not created all. Oh, how I praise you, Lord God. You are over all and in all. I thank you, Lord. That could go on for an hour. I thank you, Lord, for healing Mr. Nepper. He was close. Two weeks prior to what we saw last week, he weighed 103 pounds. This is a man that was one of the strongest men that I've ever known. He was my history teacher, my Marine Corps physical fitness coach, my weightlifting coach in high school. And he was dwindling away, went all the way down to 103 pounds. In these altars, we prayed in the name of Jesus. Two weeks later, he's 118, eating really good, walking a lot faster, talking a lot easier. God is restoring his youth because that was the prayer. Lord, restore his youth in the name of Jesus. Every single day is better than the day before because Jesus is with him. If you're living without Jesus, you can find temporary satisfaction in a lot of things, but it's only going to be temporary. But with Jesus, it's life and life forevermore. Come to these altars. Come to Jesus. Play the song, brother.